Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's this guy I know, Tom, Tom Ketchkamethi. Back before I made this podcast, I used to make a podcast for him over at the Penn Graduate School of Education. And five years ago, I was at a New Year's party at his house. I was big and pregnant. We were eating dinner, and um, he told me the story of finding out that his wife was pregnant for the first time. He was at sea in the Navy. He was on his first big deployment. Um, He'd just gotten married recently, and he was super excited to make his first call home. So he gets on the phone with his wife, and she says, Hi, honey, I've got news. Turns out she's pregnant. It was not planned. Tom freaks out and hangs up on her. So Tom um, gets it together. He calls her back in a few minutes. He happily becomes a dad. A stay-at-home dad, actually. And then... Two decades later, Tom gets another I've Got News call. This time, it's from his daughter, who's a senior in college. She doesn't tell him exactly what it's about, but Tom's got a hunch. She kind of gives it away when she says she's bringing her boyfriend home to talk about something important. This is the longest, shortest time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. On this show, we tell stories of kids talking about their parents, stories of parents talking about their kids, all those family struggles that keep you awake. Today's episode takes that mission literally. It's about a tense, life-altering parent-child conversation that goes down in the middle of the night. Stay with us. Okay, just a note before we get started here. I recorded my call with Tom for this episode over Skype back when I was doing the show all on my own without any fancy equipment. So you might notice a few words dropping out here and there. Anyway, Ellen drives home with her boyfriend, Tim, and they sit down with her mom and dad, Heidi and Tom. So I'm going to be a 47-year-old grandpa. Did, Did Ellen tell you that she let us know on my birthday? No, she didn't. My birthday was September 24th, and they came down and delivered the news at about 11 o'clock on September 23rd. So the conversation bled over into my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, happy birthday. The conversation was this. Ellen had been on the pill. Still, she missed a period. She took a pregnancy test. It was positive. She and Tim had thought about it long and hard, and she was going to keep the baby. She was not going to finish her last year of college. She was going to move home. When she told us, when she and Tim were there and we were having this discussion, and, and Tim was great, you know. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about this boy, I suppose. He, uh, he, he stayed pretty quiet, let Ellen deal with us and deal with it. 
uh, weighed in a couple of times, but in a supportive and loving way, it was a pretty sweet performance by this young man. And, and that's something, you know, but for me, um, my exterior self was saying, we love you. And there's no question about whether or not we're going to show up for this. There's no question about whether or not we're up for this as a family. Um, you know, all of that good, loving, supportive stuff. And my inside voice was just basically saying, fuck this, just, uh, you know, screw this. I'm not, I'm so not ready for this yet. I haven't even dealt with being an empty nester yet. I haven't even dealt with, I'm not even over you. How am I supposed to invest in this kid? You know, like I'm not over you being a kid yet. Well, yeah. And it's just, you know, all of that psychodrama that comes with a couple of teenage girls in your house. Mm. And I'm not even over that yet. I haven't even had a, a chance to catch my breath. And, and here this comes, you know. And I think it was like two or three weeks until I realized that I was up for it. I have realized, I've come to realize over the last several months that we're pretty lucky folk. Ellen is a very different young woman than she was four months ago. Um, she's just totally different in the world, Hill. Um, Ellen and I had a conversation at the end of the summer, beginning of her senior year. She said, Daddy, I feel like I'm waking up. And I said, waking up from what? And she said, and this is a direct quote, I remember this, I feel like I'm waking up from three years of ridiculous self-involvement and general assholery. <laughs> you know? And this is part of the, um, you know, really kind of, I don't know, poignant, if, if that's the right word, part of this is, from my perspective, she was right on the verge of just killing it. Um, as a student for this last year that she had at college and then she got this news, you know, and then she got pregnant and, and it just changed everything. So, um, so she was right on the verge of some pretty major changes, I think anyway. And now she's just done. She's done. I mean, uh, she doesn't, it's not like she's looking for another great European adventure or something like that. She's looking for, and apartment and stability and a good crib for her baby. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's really hard to even explain the depth of, of just change. And it's kind of revolutionary, you know? So when, when she said that to you, was she pregnant yet? I don't think so. Um, I think it was, no, it was, that would have been, I know exactly when that would have been. That would have been mid August. And then she, probably got, oh, I don't know, when, when count, count back from May 21, when she would have got pregnant, probably late August, you know, and mid to late, it was probably right about the time that she was getting pregnant. There's a visual for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it was right around the time. Do you, do you feel like you now have this big thing that you can share with her? I know you were saying at first that, it, that it was really hard for you to stomach 
the fact that she was pregnant so young, but do you now feel like you have something you can share with her because you also were a young parent that, that whose wife got pregnant by surprise? I don't feel like, I don't feel like we're in the same situation though at all. I feel, uh, and maybe that's just self-important, but I, I feel like we were in a very different place when I got pregnant. I mean, she was 25 when she got pregnant, 26 when she delivered. Um, so we were several years advanced and fully self-sufficient. So it was a whole different world. I, at least I think, at least I think, and I don't know, maybe I'm just drawing false distinctions. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I just, I wondered, yeah, how you would view it. So, um, what, what's your, what's your biggest piece of advice for her? My biggest piece of advice. I can't give advice to her, Hillary. <laughs> we're at the end of my, we're at the end of my useful. Um, oh man. Uh, it's really interesting that you bring that up because Heidi and I, I think it was last night when we were falling asleep or something. And Heidi asked me something about whether or not she felt and whether or not I felt um, they were prepared for different aspects of this, you know, even moving into an apartment together and establishing apartment life for themselves, much less dealing with the baby. Um, and I was, and I was laying in bed thinking about this and I asked Heidi, when do you think it was that your parents had no more useful place in your life, um, in terms of you getting it together for yourself as an adult? You know, when, when do you think their advice for you had sort of played out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just about now. I don't think really, I think Ellen, I think Ellen listens and I think she will incorporate aspects of our influence into her life, of course, but there isn't any useful place for us to be in the advice giving mode anymore. What advice would I give to Ellen is a different question than what is my best advice to Ellen or what could Ellen listen to or what would she take on, you know? <laughs> so do you want to answer that? What, what would I, what advice would I give her? Yeah. Shoot. Um, advice I gave Tim. Um, I'll, I'll actually, this is a, here's my advice and here's exactly the way it came up. It was the night that Ellen um, and Tim came down to tell us of Ellen's pregnancy and they were doing their best and succeeding at being, you know, pretty effective grownups at this, dealing with us effectively as parents and as grownups. Hey, honey. Hi. My wife just came in. Hi, Hi Heidi. <laughs> Hi there, Hillary. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I got home after a 14-hour workday, so I'm going to go downstairs and eat a tuna fish sandwich and have a glass of wine. Do it. <laughs> Take care. Hope Bye. So, okay, so the door is closing. Now I'm back. Okay. So um, they had informed us of, of Ellen's pregnancy. And the conversation went on, and, you know, after midnight and into my birthday, 
and Tim said something like, um, we can't really understand, but we understand that this is incredibly difficult for you guys. Um, so we want to be able to help you. So just ask for anything. Um, and what I said to him was, if you want to do right by me, if you want to help me, the most important thing that you can do is take care of yourself as an individual, not as Ellen's boyfriend, not as the baby's dad. Don't do this out of some perceived duty or anything. Take care, get your head right as a young man, as an individual in the world, because if you don't understand what it takes for you to be happy if you can't live your life as a self-actualized happy young adult you're going to be worth shit for my daughter and therefore worth shit for the baby so if you want to do right by me take care of yourself as an individual and that means pursue your own individual happiness and satisfaction and that's really hard to do when you're caught up in the middle of all of this drama and I remember how it, what it feels like to lose yourself in caring for others. You know, you get so wrapped up in the kid that you can't even, you can't even, you don't even know what it means to be happy yourself anymore. And you get so wrapped up in the whole couple, family, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong thing that you don't, that you lose track of yourself in the process. And this, saw, this sounds all very new agey psychodrama stuff. I think it's very actually basic human need um i don't i really anyway this this sounds like amazing advice this is like i'm like tearing up because it's really like it's hitting home with me (laughs) it's it's that's great advice i think for any parent well i just i just remember it so and well then there's the moment with tim later on that night ah yes the moment with tim later on that night when tom takes him for a walk alone through the house That's up next, when we return after a break. Don't go away. Hey, Longest Shortest Time listeners. We've been hearing from a lot of you that our last episode about Tristan and John, who took in their niece and nephew, made you cry. Some of you cried in the car. Some of you cried on the train. Some of you cried at work. And some of you, yep, on the toilet. Ever since I started the show, I've been hearing a lot about crying while listening, but also about laughing. And we want to know, what moment on our show has made you laugh or cry? Here's how to tell us. Go to the iTunes store, download the Longest Shortest Time app, and click Talk. Then you can just record your answer. Again, the question is, what moment on our show has made you laugh or cry? Bonus points if you cried in an inappropriate place extra bonus points if you don't have kids. Seriously, please call in if you are a listener with no children. We love hearing from you. Thanks. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. 
Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We're back. When we left off, Tom was about to have a moment with Tim, the guy who'd knocked up his daughter. We were about to go to bed. We were just done. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and we were saying goodnight. And, and Tim said something again that kind of set me off. And, um, and I said, let's, let's go downstairs and take a little walk and you know turn off some lights or something. So we left everybody else upstairs, and we went downstairs. And I said to Tim, you know, look, um, if you're a father of a couple of teenage daughters like me who are reasonably bright and decent young people, and um, you see guys come through your house, you know, you just, it, and it's all very amusing the first time it happens and the first boyfriend who comes through and, and you invest and you are interested. And then after a few years and two daughters and a bunch of boyfriends, it just, you know, you lose interest because you only have so much energy for so many things and your energy needs to stay where it needs to stay, which is on your kids. So you don't give a shit about the boys, the rotating cast of characters who comes through your door. You're nice, you're cordial, but you really don't give a shit. So up until right now, I said to him, I haven't given a shit about you. Um, I really haven't. It's not like I've it's not like I've wished you ill or anything, but I really haven't cared one way or another. Now I do, you know? And I wasn't meaning to be threatening or anything, but it's now it's like it's time for investment in one another, you know, <laughs> and kind of. So it wasn't this, this like odious, I'm watching you now, Bubba, sort of thing. <laughs> like it was more like, a, a, you know, let's get up for this together because we're we're now involved with one another for the rest of our lives. That's just the way it's going to work, you know, God willing. Um, so anyway. How how did he react to that? He just, boy, I'm telling you, Hillary, he was on his best behavior that night. He shut up and he listened and he gave me some yes sirs. I was still sir back then. I'm Tom now. But, <laughs> but um, you know, he was great. He was great. I'm telling you. Wow. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> you, you, you keep throwing in that cautiously. Yeah, I have to be. I don't know him that well. We don't know each other that well yet. We're getting to know each other. I like him. He's a nice young man. How do you think you have changed? And clearly, you think Ellen has changed a lot um, in the last few months. How have you changed? I feel like I'm a very different person than when you first met me, Hillary. Really? Very. Very. Tell me. Um, I don't know. I feel... <sighs> It's it's hard to explain. I mean, I feel like I'm ready to accept the middle-aged version of Tom. And I was never quite ready to accept that before. I always was I always felt like a kid, so I behaved like a kid. And I always I guess I still feel like a kid to some degree. 
But now I'm much, much more at ease. Um, I, boy, talk to, talk to Ellen, Jill, Heidi, my brother, Joe, my mom, my aunts and uncles, anybody. And they will tell you that I am inordinately concerned with what other people think of me. I just don't give a shit right now. And that edge came off when Ellen gave me this news about the pregnancy. Hmm. When I, when I found out that she was pregnant and came to terms with this new normal for us, you know, and thought about, and you go through all this stuff. I mean, I always thought that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think that so many people inside my, inside our families and outside of our families have always seen us as this, you know, idealized little perfect white bread family. And there's all the perception issues that come along with that. And, and I just don't give a crap what other people think. I'm just, I have so much to deal with emotionally and pragmatically inside my own house that I really don't care. If anybody else is going to be judgy, let them judge. It just so doesn't matter to me anymore. Has anyone expressed judginess to you? Oh, oh my God. It's been amazing. Talk about awesome. I mean, up and down the line, huge props to my mom, huge props to my, to my aunts and uncles and to our family, to my, my wife's mom. I mean, our church community, you know that I'm active in my church and, but golly, I mean, the first, the first person that I said this out loud to, uh, that I, that I told out loud that Ellen was pregnant to was our, my pastor. I gave him a call and I said, look, I think I need some pastoral care, dude. <laughs> so, and we've known each other for a long time. And, and I went in and I met with him and I told him that Ellen was pregnant and we sat down and we talked for a little while and it was really touching. He said, I remember a time when there was some event at church and we needed some youth to stand up and say something. And Ellen got up and said just exactly the right thing at exactly the right time. It might've even been about him personally. And, and he said, you know, she stood by me in a, a very challenging time and I will stand by her, you know, and, and to hear that, you know, from your senior pastor, first off, that just sort of set the tone and, and everybody just up and down the line hill. It's been amazing. Amazing. Uh, it's, and imagine what this would be like in the fifties or the sixties or the seventies. I mean, my generation, when I was a kid, you know what people did when they, when, when they got pregnant like this, they just went away, literally out of sight. And that's my generation. And we get to be, we get to not celebrate this exactly with our kids, but not be, um, you know, sort of marginalized because of it. What do you imagine your involvement will be? What with that, with the baby and Ellen and that's why I have so much trepidation about what this is going to be like five months from now because I have no idea how this is going to play out inside my own house. We're just not there yet. We'll do, we'll we'll figure it out when we're there. But I don't want this to be my kid. I've done that, you know. 
And Ellen, and, and I'm perfectly fine saying that because we're all on exactly the same page. Ellen and Tim want this to be their kid, not our kid. And that's, I think, one of the reasons that they don't want to be living here when they have the baby. One of the reasons that I'm so full of anticipation is because, um, you know, we're past shock and awe. We, we got over shock and awe. And now we have five more months left until May 21 where the baby's not here yet. And we don't know what life is going to be like when the baby's here. And this is actually kind of fun. It's very nice. It's, it's, it's beautiful in some ways to be able to share Ellen's pregnancy with her this up close and personal, even if it's not ideal as far as she's concerned, it's a treat for me. And, um, and man, I'm going to drop out in May. (laughs) (laughs) See, like, man, I don't know. Maybe there'll be another shock and awe phase. Who knows? Tom Ketchkamethi. I love talking to him. I love talking to his entire family. They're just so thoughtful and no bullshit. That's why I did a whole series with him and Ellen. There are five episodes in all tracking the two of them. I even talked to Ellen's boyfriend, Tim. Got his side of Tom's I've never given a shit about you speech. We've got all of the episodes up on our website. Find them at longestshortesttime.com in the post for episode 61. Um, I recently checked in with Tom and Ellen. Everyone's doing well. Ellen's working full-time and finishing up school. She and Tim barely see each other, but they're enjoying parenthood. And they're engaged. I asked Tom where he stands on his future son-in-law, and here's what he said. Uh, I'm going to read this from his email. He says, I can't say that I exactly love him yet, but we're warming up to it. He's a really good kid, Hillary, and I think that Ellen, Heidi, and I might have lucked out. So there's that. Um, We know that there are lots of unplanned pregnancies out there, and it's not always something people talk about at dinner parties. We want you to think of our website as a safe place to share your story. What was it like when you found out? How did it change your life? Leave your comment at longestshortesttime.com on episode 61, and you can do that anonymously. This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solitaroff with help from Lily Sullivan. Bill Moss mixed the show. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Paula Schumann, Peter Clowney, and Jonathan Menhevar. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 o'clock in the morning. Don't forget to call in your favorite laugh and cry moments on our app, And also, while you're in iTunes, if you like our show, please take an extra minute to subscribe to the podcast and write us a review. It really helps us a ton with our iTunes ranking, and that makes it easier for new listeners to find the show. And we need new listeners because many of our favorite stories come from you. If you want to be like Tom from today's episode and tell your story on the podcast, pitch us. It can be anything about your relationship with your kids or your relationship with your parents, Most importantly, tell us something you think we've never heard before. We love surprises. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.